What's going on, Mission Driven Made community? This is your host, Jacob Straw, back for another solo podcast Friday. This episode's going to be short, but it's one I think is very important. And it's also a topic I don't hear people really talking about ever for the most part. So that alone makes me even more excited to talk about it with all of you. But before we jump into today's topic, I just want to make sure I said happy Father's Day to all of the amazing dads out there, especially the ones that step up to the plate every single day to protect, to love, and to serve their families at the best of their abilities. You guys are awesome. And I know for everyone that's listened to this podcast uh, the day that it was released, Father's Day was a few days before that, but I still want to make sure I recognize all of you and to let you know you are amazing and the world needs more of you. Now for today's topic, the weeding out process of winning. With just about any accomplishment or success or winning in the literal sense of the word, there is some type of weeding out process to get there. So I'm going to kind of share a few examples for you guys, which was about 11 years ago or so, and then kind of tie everything in at the end to explain what I mean by this. So I was 20 years old, and that's when I decided that I wanted to become a firefighter paramedic, which was a huge goal for me at the time. It was actually pretty ridiculous to even think that I wanted to do this. And if you're looking to become a firefighter, especially if it's in the US, especially if it's in California, one of the first things that you have to do to meet the minimum qualifications to be able to apply, you have to become a certified EMT, which is also known as an emergency medical technician. Um, With a lot of departments requiring on top of that, you have to be a licensed paramedic. So long story short, I started EMT school, and this was the very beginning stages of obtaining my large goal of becoming a firefighter paramedic. Now, EMT school was going good. I was doing well. I felt motivated. And then kind of uh, toward the end, I remember meeting this salty old fire captain. And what he basically said to us was, welcome to the most competitive job market in the United States. So after he said that, if I can be honest, I got pretty nervous. Um, I started to realize how hard this was going to actually be, how competitive this was actually going to be, and if this was even doable for me, especially with my past. You know, you're going to be competing against a lot of people for a job. Can I actually do this? So kind of after that statement, which, you know, in the long run, I'm really happy I heard him say that in the beginning. It was kind of a emotional roller coaster ride, if you will. But I decided to press on. I finished EMT school, had my EMT certification. Now, just a few months after obtaining my EMT certification, San Diego Fire Department opened up their application process for firefighters. Now, I was really excited because there's times in the past with the San Diego Fire Department where they didn't hire or take applications for over five years, with a normal time frame being taking applications every one to two years or so. So the timing with this was perfect. So anyone that at least was a certified EMT was able to apply at that point, which I did. And after applying, you get invited to take a written exam, which is the next step in the process of becoming a firefighter. Now, the written exam, how it works is, at least for that test specifically, you needed to get a 90% or higher to move on in the process. So I remember a few months uh, before the exam, right when I applied for the department, actually, I started studying like crazy. I mean, I was studying eight to 10 hours a day every single day. So I would make sure I would get that 90% or higher on the test. So I was motivated. I was excited. I was dedicated. And then the morning finally came for my written examination. And I'll never forget it. So it was in downtown San Diego. I showed up 
And within about two seconds, <laughs> all that motivation, all that excitement, all the dedication, everything just went out the door. I got in line and looked to the left, to the right, and behind me. And I mean, there was at least 500 people there. So right away, I was looking around, what are my chances to be able to actually do this? There are so many people here. And then, you know, a few minutes later, I realized there was going to be another group of applicants that are going to be testing later in the day, and then every single day for the rest of the week. So I was sitting there and I realized if my numbers are correct in my head, there was probably going to be over 5,000 applicants gunning for the same job. And then not to mention, while I was in line, here I'm sitting there, you know, I just have my EMT certification. I don't really have any real experience at all. And there's people in front of me that are already firefighters from other departments. There's people that are paramedics on the ambulance. All, all this crazy experience around me. And here I am with basically nothing. So long story short again, I didn't pass the test. I gave up on myself before that test even started. I got an 88%. And was overwhelmed, to say the least, with the numbers. I obsessed over this. I was like, if there's 5,000 people, I mean, I'm going to have less than a 0.5% chance of getting hired. So I let that get into my head. And this was for years. And then finally, you know, a few years go by. My resume is a lot better. You know, I eventually went to paramedic school and started working as a paramedic. And the application process opened up again for firefighter. So I applied, but this time it was going to be different. So after years and years of worrying and obsessing about the numbers so much, I started to have a bit of a perception shift and just mindset shift with all of this. So this is what I realized. And it wasn't just something I made up in my head, but this was actually true. So when I applied, again, somewhere around 5,000 people or so applied. Now what I realized, out of those 5,000 people, 10% are not going to even show up to take the written exam. So the field just lost 500 people. So we're at about 4,500 or so. Out of those 4,500, how many studied enough to be able to get the required 90% or higher on the exam? Right there, we just cut out 75% of the field. We are looking at somewhere in the ballpark of 1,000 people left. Next is the interview portion. So out of those 1,000 people, who are going to actually show up to interview? So we just lost another 10%. We are down to about 900 applicants or so. Out of the 900 applicants left, how many are going to actually prepare at least a little bit for their interview? Right there, we just cut out 50%. We are down to 450 applicants. Now, out of those, how many are going to prepare like their life absolutely depended on it? Again, we just eliminated the field by about 75% or so. So we are looking at 100 applicants left. And I like those odds a lot better than 5,000 people. And I came to the realization throughout this whole process, you know, anywhere from applying to taking the written exam and having to get a 90% or higher to the interview portion of this. There is going to be people that are more qualified than me in this process. There's going to be people that do better in the fire academy than me in this process. And there's going to be people that even make a better firefighter than me one day. With that being said, what was the one thing this whole time throughout that whole process that I could completely control, especially knowing there's going to be really a hundred people I'm going to be competing against. And that's going to be my effort. So from the day that I applied, from the day I walked into the interview, that is what I completely controlled. So I made the decision 
that there wasn't going to be another human being that I was competing against that was going to try harder, work harder, or prepare more than I was to be successful in this process. So what did that look like again? Going into my written test, that meant studying for eight hours a day for months up until that point to make sure I got that 90%. Now going into my panel interview, that meant I was going to be practicing every waking minute for it. So days that I was at home, I would spend up to 12 hours a day practicing my interview. So I literally wrote out about 50 or 60 questions along with my answer. And then I would just rehearse it over and over and over. So I'd set up chairs right across from me like it was my panel. And I would answer and scan the chairs as if I was answering and scanning my panel. Now on top of that, I bought an interview program. I bought a tape recorder so that way every time I was given an answer, I could record it then listen back to make sure there wasn't too many ums or ands. I would practice in front of the mirror to make sure I didn't have any weird facial expressions. This also meant while I was working, since I was working full-time as a paramedic on the ambulance at the time, in between every emergency call that we would have, I would sit there in the ambulance by myself and practice and practice and practice. This meant even after I felt really comfortable with my answers and just really dialed in with them, I would practice them hundreds of more times. And then along with this, I would set up up to five mock interviews a week so I could just get more and more practice and get critique every single time that I did this. So here's the point that I'm trying to make everyone. So if you have one of those large goals in mind, just like last week when we talked about those goals that seem so big to other people that they might laugh at you, especially if it's in a competitive type of environment. Use these big numbers to your advantage. Remember, when I was competing against 5,000 other people, I was really competing against about 100. If you're willing to give absolute relentless effort to the point where it makes you uncomfortable, you just eliminated 98% of your competition. Yes, those last 2%, it's going to be pretty nasty. And yes, at that point, there's going to have to be more than just effort. There's going to have to be execution and refinement and getting better. Yes, all those things are true. But with that relentless effort, say goodbye to 98% of your competition. And it doesn't matter about what the specific goal is, whether you are trying to make it to the CrossFit Games for the first time or you're trying to become a published author. There is always going to be some form of a weeding out process to get there. So with this understanding, I hope you guys... Use this to your advantage and get out there and win in whatever it is you're trying to do. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Mission Driven Made podcast. If you found value in this today, or at minimum, if it made you think a little bit deeper about this topic, subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review. It only takes about 30 seconds or so, and then share with a friend. Until next time, everyone, stay mission-driven.